Oh, why don't we stand and just clap our hands to the Lord all over this place? Come on, would you put your hands together? Would you extend a praise out into the atmosphere right now? Our God. Come on, we serve an awesome God. I said we serve an awesome God. Why don't you throw your hands up to heaven right now and just begin to speak out loud? Would you begin to pray out loud into the atmosphere and just declare how great our God is? He is great. He is mighty. He is greatly to be praised. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. What a sweet presence of God is in this place. How many feel the Holy Ghost in the house today? I feel him here. Amen. What a great day it is to be in the house of God. Would you look at your neighbor and just tell him it's a good day? It's a good day to be in the house of God. And I know you're tired. I know you lost an hour of sleep. And I've been praying about the people that show up at 11 because they're going to show up at 12 and think the rapture happened. And I, I need you to pray for them, y'all. But I know you're tired today. But look at your neighbor and tell him, the devil took my hour, but he can't take my joy. Come on, tell him. He can't take my joy. <laughs> Romans chapter 10 and verse 15. Romans chapter 10 and verse 15. And as you're making your way there, um, I would just like to honor our pastor and our assistant pastor. How many are so thankful for the leadership of this church? And thank God for them. Amen. And I believe Sister Cole has a birthday coming up. She's going to be 90 years old. How many love Sister Cole? We are so thankful for her. Amen. And I know he hasn't slipped back in yet, but I did want to honor my brother Jonathan. He is officially over the hill today. He is 30 years old today. Amen. There's the birthday boy right there. A lot of people think I'm the older brother, not because of accomplishment or maturity, just because he aged a lot better than I did. And I love him today, and I honor him. <laughs> Romans 10 and 15, if you're there, can you say amen? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet. Can you say the feet? of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 13, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Therefore, take up the whole armor. Can you say the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm, stand Therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, verse 15, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. This morning, I want to preach to you for a few minutes on this subject, walking in daddy's shoes, walking in daddy's shoes. And uh, you'll have to forgive me today. I will probably be a little emotional. Uh, Sister Rachel and my little boy Judah are in Louisiana. They'll be flying back tonight. And so I am missing my family today. But I really believe that this is what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I believe that God's love is going to set someone free today. 
I really believe that. Would you lift your hands all over this place? Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, come on, would you let your voice out for just a moment? I know that you've been praying, but could you just begin to lift up your voice and worship him however you feel? Cry out unto him. If you feel to clap your hands, just clap your hands however you want to worship him. But Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come against anything that would try to bind this congregation. God, I loose your love in this place. I loose your power. God, I loose angels to operate and minister to the hearts and souls and minds of your people today. And if you believe that we serve that awesome God that we were just singing about, would you put your hands together and would you shout unto God and say hallelujah. We worship you today, God. Amen. Give your neighbor a high five and tell him he'll set you free. Amen. You may be seated. It wasn't long ago now I had come home from a long day of stress and chaos that we call life. And it had been one of those days. Anybody ever had one of those days? And uh, I had started noticing some strange things at the house. There seemed to be a shoe thief among us. It didn't take long for me to realize that our little boy Judah had been taking my shoes to his bedroom, the kitchen, and every other room that you could imagine, one time in the toilet. And that was the moment I'll never forget that I walked in to Judah's room, and for the Jinx is going to throw up this picture for me, it was the moment that I'll never forget Judah was standing so proudly in my shoes. And he looked up at me and he said, look, daddy. And he was wearing my shoes. It's his thing now. He has to be in my shoes. And I won't lie to you. Tears hit my eyes because it was the first time I had ever truly realized that he wants to be just like me. And I reached down and I hugged him and I prayed, Lord, I want to be just like you because he wants to be just like me. And when I caught a glimpse of Judah looking up at me, I caught a glimpse of Jesus looking down at me. And God whispered to my heart saying, that's how I see you. Just like you look down at him and you're so proud of him and you're so excited for him. When I look down on you, Nathan, that's how I see you. How many is thankful that you have a heavenly father that's proud of you, that loves you, that looks down on you with love? And I feel a special word. I feel a special anointing for somebody today. I want to talk to some parents in this house. And I want to ask you, what shoes are you wearing? Because as a youth pastor, I am approached by people asking me, Brother Nathan, please help my child live for God. 
I also get this on a district level with working with camps and being the Section 5 youth director for the state of Georgia. Brother Nathan, I don't understand why my child won't come to church. My child won't pray. And the first thing that I ask them is, do you come to church and do you pray? Because we need this generation of parents to strap on their father's shoes and start walking in holiness because there's somebody watching you. You don't understand the influence that you have every day that you live. Little eyes are watching you. And I want to be just like you. In Psalm 119 and 133, it says, Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. I'm telling somebody today in the Holy Ghost that you have a father that loves you. And there's a lot of people in here that come from broken homes. You come from violence. You come from divorce. You come from abuse. But I'm telling you today that what your earthly father couldn't do for you, your heavenly father is going to do for you this morning. God's love is going to set you free. Children are imitation specialists. They watch every move that you make. And here's the scary thing. Even when you don't think they're watching, they're watching. Sometimes it feels like somebody's watching me. It's kind of creepy when you think about it. They're always watching. I had somebody at my job a couple years ago. My child cursed the other day. I was so upset. Well, I hear you curse all the time. Well, well yeah, but I don't want my daughter to do it. She's watching you. If you would stop cursing, she would stop cursing. Some of you need to set some things in your life. You say maybe you can handle it, but your babies can't handle it. You got to set the standard in your life. This is why Jesus was the perfect example. Jesus did not have to pray. He was showing us how to pray. Jesus didn't need to be baptized. He didn't have any sin in his life that needed to be washed away. He was showing us. He was showing his children. If they're going to be baptized, I've got to be baptized. If I'm going to ask them to do it, I'm going to do it. And I'm telling you, your heavenly father never asked you to do anything that he hasn't already done for you. He wouldn't do you like that. He set the standard. He taught us how to be like him. He taught us how to pray. He said in Matthew 6 and 9, he said, after this manner, therefore pray. 
Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We could learn a lot from our children because we are his children. And we have big shoes to fill. Matthew 18 and 3 says, and he said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. When I pray, I'm not trying to impress you. When I worship in this church, I'm not trying to impress you. I'm saying, look, Father, look, Father, I want to be just like you. When I was baptized in Jesus' name, I wasn't trying to impress you. I was trying to impress my Father. I was saying, look, Father, when I decided that I was going to try to look more like Jesus, I didn't want to look like the world, but I was going to dress holy. I wasn't saying I was better than you. I was saying, look, Father, I want to be just like you. Yeah, we could learn a lot from childlike faith. When Judah goes to my parents' house, it's quite the sight to see. He is always so happy to be there. And Judah learned early on that my parents didn't live alone. There was someone else there named Alexa, that also lived there. And Alexa is a programmed voice designed by Amazon, for those that don't know about her. And when you speak to her, she will respond to you and answer questions about the weather and the time and, you know, things happening in your area and things like that. And so when Judah walks into the house, the first thing he says is, Alexa? <laughs> and the funny part is that now, any room, any place, any time, when he walks into it, he goes, Alexa? And I'll say, Judah, Alexa isn't, doesn't live here, buddy. She, she lives at grandma and grandpa's house. But you see, as adults, we've learned how to process where that voice is contained and where it's not contained. But childlike faith just calls out the name and it waits for a response, expecting an answer. And how many knows that there's a name that you can call and it's not contained in any certain location, but you can call it any place, any time, and it will answer you, Jesus, when you call that name. I wonder if somebody would put your hands together. Would you throw your hands up in the air and would you shout that name? He's going to answer you today. He's going to answer you today. He's not contained to a certain room. He's not contained to a certain place. You can call him anytime. 
Acts chapter 2 and verse 21 says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. When was the last time that you said Jesus and expected an answer? When was the last time that you cried out Jesus and expected an answer? I wonder if you could lift your hands to heaven right now. And I feel the Holy Ghost pumping through this place. Would you speak that name Jesus? Don't shut your ears down. But I want you to listen. Childlike faith just says it. No matter where you're at in life. Childlike faith just says Jesus and waits for the answer. power in that name there is peace in that name there is victory in that name how many were baptized in Jesus name Come on, can I get a few witnesses? I know you lost an hour, but you told me you didn't lose your joy. Whatever happened, that when we sang about the name of Jesus, we couldn't contain ourselves. We just had to cry out. My soul cries out, hallelujah, that's it. I'm walking in daddy's shoes. When I begin to sing about him, when I begin to think about him, something happens in this place. After highlighting the belt and the breastplate in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul drew attention to the soldier's footwear, which was distinctive from other types of shoes from that time period. The soles were made of several layers of leather that were clenched with hobnails frequently arranged in patterns. And these hollow metal studs provided a firm grip on the soil. And Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 15 in our text said, And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Can everybody say shoes? You know you ladies get excited just when we talk about shoes. You know you're excited about today. Shoes have a special symbolism in the Bible. In fact, the Bible is our oldest source to discover the symbolism of shoes. Shoes usually represent faith in God and readiness for battle, but they can also symbolize victory over the enemy. In ancient times, mighty kings used to send their shoes to the ones lower in status as a sign of their dominion. And in Ephesians 6 and 13, it says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Can you say the armor of God? That you may be able to withstand it in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm, stand. Paul didn't call it your armor. Paul called it God's armor. And when you strap on the shoes of peace, you're not strapping on your shoes. 
You're strapping on your father's shoes. You just put on your father's shoes. That means that you just stepped into something that's bigger than you are. You just stepped into an authority and a dominion that's higher than you are. You're no longer walking in your authority, but you're walking in his authority. That's why Jesus looked at them and said, you're going to do greater things than I've done because I've left my authority with you. I've left my shoes with you. How many knows that when you put on the armor of God, it's not your ability anymore. It's not your talent anymore. It's not your shoes anymore but you just put on the armor of God that's the thing that's so amazing about footprints they're not based on your foot size they're determined by your shoe size you see When you're wearing your daddy's shoes, your footprints start to look a whole lot like his. I'm going to speak to somebody in the Holy Ghost today. The devil is not intimidated by your foot size. He's intimidated by your shoe size. What shoes... Are you wearing? Because when the devil tries to come against you and he tries to sneak up behind you, when he sees those giant footprints, he starts to step back and say, this guy's a little bigger than I this guy's got a little more authority than I thought. He, he's trying to sneak up on your back, but then he looked down and he saw your footprints and he said, that footprint is a lot bigger than his foot size, but it's enough for me to hit town and get out of here. You ought to use the authority of your father. You ought to walk in the authority of your father. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. There's authority. There's power in this house. See, I have small feet, but I have big footprints. Pastor doesn't have really big feet, but he has massive footprints. Brother Ryan doesn't have very big feet, but he's got his father's shoes on. And so when the devil tries to mess with him, it doesn't matter what his foot size looks like. He just looks down and he sees the shoe print and he says, I don't have any power here. I don't have any authority here. I'm trying to help somebody in Jesus' name. I'm trying to help somebody realize that love is going to set you free. The Father is going to set you free. You just got to put your shoes on. speaking to somebody right now you're worried about your kids you're worried if they're going to live for God I'm speaking prophetically over you right now they're going to walk in their daddy's shoes they're going to put on their daddy's shoes and they're going to live for God 
Oh, somebody throw up your hands right now. You're so bound by fear. You're so bound by doubt. You're so bound by bitterness. You want to call the name of Jesus and have faith that he'll respond. In Romans 10 and 15, and how shall they preach except they be sent? And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. That peace is the shoes of peace. His feet weren't beautiful because of their earthly value. His feet were beautiful because of their heavenly value. It was the gospel of peace. It was the shoes of peace. So Paul said, I may not brag about a lot, but I've got some beautiful feet because of these shoes I'm wearing. These shoes that I've got on my feet are enough for me to have victory I wonder if we could stand and lift our hands right now all over this place I'm done if the musicians can come come on I need somebody to lift your voice right now and begin to pray there's a there's a special anointing right now there's a special move there's a special move in this place right now These aren't my shoes. There is. Peter had been captured by Herod. And he now found himself in prison. But the church began to pray. And an angel showed up. And Peter I want you to picture with me here in your mind's eye that Peter is guarded between two soldiers bound by two chains. And in Acts chapter 12 and verse 6, for the jinx, if you could pull that up for me, Acts chapter 12 and verse 6. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And the keepers before the door kept the prison. Can you say the prison? And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, arise quickly. The Bible says that the chains fell off from his hands. Verse 8. And the angel said unto him, gird thyself. And put your sandals on. When the chains fell off, the shoes came on. When the bondage fell off of him, the first angelic voice instruction was put your shoes on. We got, we got places to go. We got people to see we've got miracles to witness Peter you thought this prison was it you thought that those soldiers were going to keep you here you thought that those chains were going to hold you but go ahead and put your shoes on 
Because the only reason you would need your shoes is if you were going somewhere. I'm speaking to somebody in the spirit. You're going somewhere. You're going somewhere. I feel to tell you that God did not deliver you for you to sit there. God did not deliver you to live in fear. God did not break the chains off of your hands just for you to sit there acting like you're still bound. But I wonder if we could just lift both our hands. You don't have to do anything crazy. I just want you to lift both your hands. If we could get 100% participation, I'm not going to make you do anything crazy. Would you begin to pray right now to your heavenly father and say, God, I need you to I need you to set me free of some of these things. There's some chains that have fallen. Come on, there's some chains on your hands right now. They're about to fall off. And when those chains fall off, I believe that there's going to be a pair of shoes waiting at this altar for you. I believe there's going to be a pair of shoes waiting at this altar. And when you step up here, the angel of the Lord is going to tell you, put these shoes on. I feel this in the Holy Ghost today and my mind can't get past it, but I wonder if we could bow our heads. I'm about to open this Psalter. Would you close your eyes and I want you to focus on the Lord. I know you're tired. I know, I know you've had a long week, but I need you to just focus for a moment. There are people under the sound of my voice that come from broken homes. You've come from violence You've come from abuse that none of us could probably even imagine at times. And I wonder, with everybody's eyes closed, if you come from a broken home, that it may be divorce, it might be violence, I want you to lift your hand. Nobody's looking right now. Would you lift your hand? All right, would you lift your hand? I'm going to ask if you lift your hand. Would you come first to this altar right now? I feel like God is about to do a supernatural work. If you come from a broken situation, if you come from a broken home, thank you, Brother Jacques. If you come out, maybe you come out of a family that was bound by drugs. Maybe you've come out of a family that was bound by alcohol. That's okay. Come on, people are still coming. God's working on you, but I want them, I want you to come first. There's brokenness in this house. Come on, they're coming first. Come on. Just make your way. God's moving in this place. The Holy Ghost is here. Now, if you're in this altar, I want you to, I want you to look up at me. Let me get your attention. What your earthly parents could not do for you. I believe God is going to do for you this morning. I believe it. Does anybody believe that in the Holy Ghost? There's about to be. God told me this morning I could not, I could not get it out of my brain that love, I believe that God's love, the love of your Father is going to set you free. And you're here today. You're strong. You're brave. And you're courageous. You're courageous. 
because you're in the house of God today. But I believe that for this specific group right here, and we're about to gather behind you as a church, I believe that the pain that you have felt, the hurt that you have had to experience, I believe God wants to give you peace this morning. Would you lift your hands and as the rest of the church, would you gather quickly behind them? I'm asking the church to help me. Come be a brother. Come be a sister. I want you to come pray with them. Come on, I'm going to pray the prayer of faith over you right now. And we're going to shout unto God. And I believe that God, I believe that love is going to set you free. Come on, church. I need you to come pray. Come on, saints. Maybe you didn't come from a broken home, but I need your help. I need your help. You've got shoes to put on. You've got a father that you can look to. There's a father that does love you. There's a father that does care about you. Keep your hands lifted. We're going to pray right now. We're going to pray right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that the peace of God would flow through this house. I need saints to begin to pray with me. I need you to pray out loud with me. I need a Holy Ghost roar in this house because we're about to set some people free. God is about to set some people free in the name of Jesus. The pain that they have felt, the torment that they have dealt with, the emotions that they fight every day. Would you lift your hands? Would you lift your head? And would you call on that name? Would you speak the name of your father? His name is Jesus. That's it. That's it. Lift your head and speak that name. There's an answer coming down, sir. There's an answer coming down, man. Come on, saints. Gather around with them and pray. In the name of Jesus, something's being broken. Pain is being lifted. Burdens are being lifted. What takes a lifetime, God can do in a moment. Come on, that's it. Something's happening. Just continue to pray. Continue to pray. You're about to put your shoes on. You're about to put your shoes on, but there's two chains. There's two chains. It's fear and it's doubt. And when those two chains fall off you, I want you to get ready to put your shoes on in the spirit. In the name of Jesus, I come against the spirit of fear. I come against abuse. I come against oppression. I come against bondage. In the name of Jesus, let them put their shoes on. Let them step in their father's shoes. In Jesus' name. These aren't my shoes. These aren't my shoes. These aren't my footprints. They're his footprints. They're bigger than mine. They're stronger than mine. There's a father that does love you. There's a father that does care about you. Oh!